everyone, welcome to church. We're so excited to share what God is doing in our midst. Please follow me for a few announcements. Lockdown is a time of prayer. Unity lies within the power to hear the same thing from God. Join us during this lockdown time to pray every morning at 6, only for 20 minutes on Zoom, or on Monday nights for intercession from 8 to 9 p.m. Explore with us the book of Daniel every Tuesday morning from 6.30 till 7 a.m. We are discussing one chapter at a time with a week of exploring in between. Let's search the historical context and relevance of Daniel's prophecies together. Our ministry is funded by the generous giving of our members and friends. Kindly support this ministry by giving towards our cause. We are all affected by the current circumstances, but sadly, some are more affected than others in this difficult time. Please help us to help those in need by giving towards our BodySource account. Hi all, I hope you're well. Um, saying hello to you from Staines slash Egham, however you want to call it. And um, yeah, I just wanted to share with you a little bit today um, one scripture from Matthew 6 21. Uh, but before I do, um, I just wanted to share a little bit around the times that we've been in, where it seems that everything's been shaken to its core. Our routines are no longer the routines we had. The normal that we used to consider as normal is no longer normal. And where does that leave us really at this point in time? There's also so many truths that have been shaken. We, we know that these days there's so many different truths, my truth, your truth, which is the real truth. And um, how do we navigate this time um, where everything that we know to be true and real has been shaken? And Matthew 6.21 says, where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. And what is our treasure? Do we treasure our possessions? Do we treasure our family? Um, do we treasure our jobs? Um, and yes, we, we do treasure all those things, but what is the thing that's above all those things? And that is our Lord Jesus Christ. And because we treasure him, we therefore follow suit in terms of um, our, 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 our value system, our truth, our priorities. We place it all around those things because we, we truly do value him. And um, yeah, this morning, as we go into the next week, I really just want to challenge us to consider where is our treasure and where is our heart? really at this time and um, as a result i just want to quickly just pray for us um so yeah if we just quickly close our eyes father god we just want to say thank you lord that you love us that you provide for us that you are so unconditional towards us lord thank you for the amazing privilege that we can come to serve you father god and lord this morning we just want to declare lord that you are our treasure and you are where our heart is father god and this morning, Lord, if there's anything that's out of place, Lord, we just ask that you'll just come and realign that, Lord, to, to reflect the fact that our heart is where our treasure is, Father God. And thank you, Lord, just as we hear the birds tweeting, Father God, we know that you provide for the birds. And how much more do you provide for us, Father? So we want to say thank you for that in Jesus' name. And we ask, Lord, that you'll be glorified. Amen. Go well, guys. Have a blessed week. Bye.
at times like this when you realize that people are so fallible and that God is almighty and that his agenda will always reign above um, circumstances and above people. Uh, standing here in Trafalgar Square, I realized that, you know, our God is great and that he has a purpose for this nation. I'm praying that this purpose will come to fruition. I pray that God will establish his mighty works again, that men and women again will rise and, and pray for the salvation of the people of the United Kingdom. Uh, it's with great expectation that we are trusting God for a new season to, uh, to happen. Thank you for spending time with us this morning. We are really privileged to, uh, to have you with us and, and just um, spending time together as uh, the family of God. Although it's not perfect circumstances, we all recognize that uh, we, we hope to see the church opening uh, soon uh, because that's why the church exists, um, is there for the fellowship and the communion and, and the encouragement of one another. And, uh, and we are praying, we are praying that God will lead us to such a place very soon. But let me just pray before we get into the word of God. Father, we thank you that this morning we can dedicate this time to you. Father, you are truly magnificent. You've got uh, a plan and a purpose for our lives, Father God. And this morning I pray for each one that's tuning in, that uh, you will speak into their hearts, right into their um, innermost being, Father God, the place where they will open their hearts and receive from you. I pray, Father, that this will not be a missed opportunity uh, for the change that you want to bring in our lives. Father, let us not miss um, your heart for us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Yes, so as you guys have seen, I've been in the Mid-City this week and uh, it was a beautiful time with the Lord, you know, just such a beautiful presence of God um, that I've experienced as I was journeying with Him, um, sitting there in Trafalgar Square and seeing nobody in the streets. It's, it's really saying nobody, not a lot of people in the city. Um, a lot of police presence uh, because of the uh, possibility of uh, protests in, in Mid-City. Um, and clearly even heavy policing. And so uh, the surveillance is, is quite, um, you know, quite tense um, in the city. And I was trying to pray, and as I was moving from corner to corner, parliament buildings, uh, praying there at the parliament buildings, seeing all of the reporters there. Um, and um, as I was trying to pray, it's, it's clear that the police, you know, is really watching what you're doing. Uh, even when I wanted to film the, a little a video for you guys, uh, I could see that they were very tense about it. And, um, and, uh, and yet, you know, as the city comes to a standstill, this vibrant, beautiful city of London with its history, um, I, uh, I realized that, you know, men are so fragile before God. And, uh, and this morning I want to speak about a few things that I believe God wants to communicate with us um, about his heart for this city and, um, and for our lives and for our commitment toward uh, what he wants to lead us to. And, um, and so as I was journeying, I was sitting there in Trafalgar Square uh, with those beautiful lions and, you know, um, statues. Uh, and um, I, uh, I could, um, 
just spend time with God and, and pray for the nation. And um, I was actually reminded about my, my own life. And I said, God, but I want to pray for this nation. I want to step in. And, and God said, but today I want to just journey with you. And, and God was speaking to me about years ago in 98, I think uh, me and my wife came here for the first time or my second time, her first time. Um, and uh, we, uh, at that stage, there were still the pigeons in uh, Travalga Square where you fed them. And uh, so uh, we still have the photos of those um, where we, we fed them at that time. And, um, and it was beautiful times together, memories that was made. Um, and so I cycled along to Buckingham Palace, praying there for the Queen and for the government. And, um, and as I came there, there was again nobody. There was not one photographer. And uh, I was even, you know, I wanted to take pictures, but I decided, no, maybe not. Maybe that's not what's supposed to happen in the lockdown time. And, um, but um, just memories, things that God was speaking to me about and just confirming in my life and, and fellowshipping with me. And, and I, I went back and got to Victoria Station. And just behind it, I remember me and a friend of mine at 94, uh, we uh, we came to London. That was my first time, and we went to a little bit bed and breakfast that was just behind Victoria Station. And um, we were doing one of these contiki tours in in Europe and and in the UK uh, with his mom. And I was just reminded about the the love for the city that God even then created um, in my heart. And and yes, and then I I rode back to to um, our home in Wimbledon, but I, I just, you know, had such an awesome time in God's presence, just spending time and having memories with him and speaking to him about promises that he's even given me in the past. And, uh, and as I was doing that, I was just reminded of how God is moved because of our lives, how God is moved because what is happening in our lives and he's celebrating every step with us. And sometimes we are so focused on what God is going to do and what God wants to do in our lives that we forget about just being with him, experiencing his presence. So uh, this was part of a three-day fast that I had with him. Um, and God clearly said to me, I just want to spend time with you. And I, I didn't get major words of even of encouragement or um, of the promises of the future. I just could spend time with him and, and I was laying on uh, on the Tuesday uh, on the second day of the fast I was just you know you know that you almost paralyzed that second day when you struggle with uh, you know uh, the, the, the old eating patterns and, and, and the caffeine that uh, is uh, withdrawing and uh, as I was lying on, on my bed and just worshiping God I was just reminded about how beautiful his presence is in our lives and how he how he's moved because of our stories. And, um, and even though, regardless of my messed up um, uh, uh, circumstances and, and times in my life that I've even made wrong decisions and, and, um, and things that I've done wrong in the past, and, and you may be listening this morning and you're thinking, you know, I, I, I don't even spend time with God because my life is so messed up. And I want to say to you, God, is so compassionately in love with you because he wants to reach out into your life and spend time with you. 
John 11, 32 to 36. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Uh, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. He saw them weeping and his spirit was weeping with them. And verse 34 says, and he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. He wept over their circumstances. He was already four days dead. There was a stench to, um, to his body. And yet Jesus was compassionate and he knew he's going to, uh, to heal him. But he, made, he stopped for a moment and he allowed himself to weep with them. Verse 36, so the Jews said, see how he loved him. It's amazing to see how Christ um, loves us and how he wants to journey with us in our lives. And, um, and, and it's strange how while he's moving compassionately in our lives, how he reaches other people. I, through the years, have seen how, you know, some people are just connecting with your heart and you're walking together and you're doing the things of Christ together. And as God works in your life, he also works in other people's lives around you. Some people never connect with your life. And um, that's one thing in the ministry that you get used to is that you realize that everyone is not going to add unto your life or you to their lives. Um, but they might connect with other people's lives. You can only do with, the, with that which Christ has given you and the relationships that he established through your lives. And so his desire, and that's the first thing that I want to mention this morning, as he reached us, he reached other people's lives through us. And this was evident in Paul's life in Galatians 1 verse 15 to 16. It says, but when he who had set me apart before I was born. So Paul is saying, Christ or God that has set me apart before I was even born and who called me by his grace, who has called me out of my circumstances, out of my wrongdoing, out of my um, deception even, was pleased to reveal his son to me in order, and this is an important one, remember this, in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles. I did not immediately consult with anyone. Um, a beautiful moment in Paul's life where he realized that whatever he received, he must give. Christ is in you for them. Listen to Matthew 9, 35 to 38. And, and we know this is a well-known scripture, but I want to remind you of um, this commission. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them. Again, for them, because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out the laborers into the harvest. And so and Jesus prayed out of compassion for, for Jerusalem as well. He had an insight. He had a, a compassion for the circumstances. And I want to say to you this morning, your journey becomes the journey of people around you 
as you extend yourself and the story of what Christ has done within you um, in other people's lives. And, and so John 4 verse 35 says, Do you not say there are yet four months? Then comes the harvest. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for the harvest. And, and so we must just be reminded that within the heart and compassion of Christ, he wants to share the things that is on his heart with us. And, um, and I've realized this week as I was listening to the Empower 21 um, sessions again that the Great Commission did not even start when Jesus gave it to us. But at Genesis 1, when he gave us the command to go and, and um, multiply and to subdue the earth. Um, and clearly God's heart for us, when he, when he said his heart was bestowed upon his relationship with Adam. And his, his, his desire is to communicate with us again and to connect with our hearts and, and to have those moments in paradise where we can um, speak to him, commune with him, fellowship with him. And that's why, you know, it was evident that his commission was not just to Adam, even it was to Abram and, and said to Abram, be blessed to be a blessing, multiply, become a great nation. Um, and so many times we think that the New Testament and Jesus's command for us to go and make disciples and to reach the world was the beginning, but his heart was there from the beginning to restore us to him, to make us part of the covenant. That's why he made covenants with Abram, why he bestowed a blessing upon Abram's descendants, because he had an, a desire to include everyone, to, uh, to make them part of a covenant people, the people that are responding to him. And so God is saying to us, um, make sure to tie your shoelaces at this moment. Make sure to, 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 to get ready for the harvest is coming. It's ready. It's ripe. Pray for the Lord of the harvest to, uh, to send the laborers. And we are praying as a church. We are trusting God to, to uh, reach within our hearts, to have the capacity to even reach out to the lost. Um, as well as praying for the harvesters to come and help us to bring in the harvest. And so, you know, it's when your life starts to be consumed by the life for them, for those who Christ wants to reach. So I truly believe that the UK is, is called to be a reaching nation, a, a nation that's going to uh, reach the ends of the earth, as is any other global city all around the world. God has a desire to, um, to put within us a capacity to, uh, to extend his love to other people. And, um, and I was, um, as I was spending time with God this week, I was just realizing that there's so many injustices that did happen in the past. There's so many things that even this nation got wrong in the past in uh, the way in which they reached the uttermost ends of the earth. But there was many missionaries sent from this nation. There was beautiful revival started from this nation. And so God is reminding me that, you know, if we can bow our knees and, 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 and realize that it's not to become great again, but it's to become great again in him, to bow our knee and to understand the purpose, why he's blessing us. Um, and so for you as Christians, I want to say that go and count your blessings. 
Go and make sure to understand that, that God has imparted into your life for a purpose so that you can reach others, so that your story can be told to others that will connect with you in heart and be able to experience the love of God in their lives. So why don't we catch it? And that's my second point this morning is, why don't we catch what God wants to do in our lives? Judges 2 verse 18 to 19 says, Whenever the Lord raised up judges for them, the Lord was with the judge, and he saved them from the hand of the enemies all the days of that judge. For the Lord was moved, listen again, the Lord was moved to pity by the groaning because of those who afflicted and oppressed them. But whenever the judge died, they turned back and where were more corrupt than their fathers, going after other gods, serving them and bowing down to them. They did not drop any of their practices or stubborn ways. And so what I do realize in this time is that, that we sometimes in, in, in how we experience the love of God miss why God is blessing us. And we sometimes are so stubborn um, that we can't share the compassion um, that is happening in our lives to other people um, and extend it into their lives. And, and so, you know, I've seen this with the kids. We sometimes sit here in front of the TV, me and my wife, and we have these moments of beautiful um, uh, um, experiences, you know, of crying in front of the TV. I've even cried the other day for Britain's Got Talent, you know, just uh, for the, uh, the beautiful um, auditions that they have on, on that. And then the kids will always laugh coming from the outside and just saying, ah, dad, mom, you're getting old and um, mocking us. And um, until they come and sit down with us and experience the story with us, because when we experience the story with those who God has connecting with, um, us with, it, it starts to become their story as well. And it's our stubbornness that um, gets us caught up in our own agendas rather than to, um, to understand that we've been blessed to become a blessing. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 26 says, If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. And I want to say to you, listening to um, the Black Lives Matter was such a, um, a compassionate moment for me. A place where I've one day sat with God and, and God said to me, I'm moved for what is happening in the heart of the black community at this moment. And so people have asked me, you know, yes, there's so many causes. There's so many things that we can fight for these days. Uh, people that are experiencing injustice and um, and we can list it. It's so many um, injustices that's busy happening. And I don't know why God is using the, the Black Lives Matter as an opportunity for us to reach out and to cry with our brothers, but I can really sense his heart in all of that. The fact that he wants to teach us how to actually become compassionate and move out of compassion with those who are going through difficulty. And, um, and it's strange that the people that are struggling to, to reach out and to be compassionate toward those who are in pain are actually those who are in pain themselves, who are 
in a place of dealing with their past experiences the most. And, and what I've seen is that we sometimes immediately get onto the pedestal of, um, yes, but you don't know my pain. My pain is much more worse than, you know, what's happening in America now. And, you know, I've also my history and, and even the nationality that I'm presenting is also going through a lot of hardship. And immediately what we do is we are putting our pain on such a pedestal that we believe that it's more than those who surrounds us. And I believe it's a moment of compassion that God is reaching into the heart of the church today to say, listen, cry with your brothers. Cry with those who are going through difficult circumstances, because if you can't, you will not receive your healing. Um, the, the healing of your heart and of your past and of the shame of of what was going wrong in your life in the past will only be healed if you can actually recognize the pain in other people's lives. And, and so biblical orthodoxy without compassion is surely the ugliest thing in the world, according to Francis Schaeffer. And, you know, I realize this, that we are so um, focused on our unique pain that we cannot reach deeply into the pain of other people around us. And so we see this picture with Jesus. Um, immediately, Martha and Mary says, but why didn't you come? You love us so much. You're our best friend. You, 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 you're the person that, that loved Lazarus so much. And, um, and I mean, something that they didn't probably know at that time was that Jesus even waited two more days after the um, news got to him. Um, and in context, we must also be reminded that he was four days dead already, which means that if Jesus waited two days, he was already two days dead when the news arrived at Jesus. But Jesus did not defend himself and say, listen, uh, I'm a busy man. I'm doing great miracles and I'm doing great things for God. You know, you guys uh, don't understand Um you know, how busy I am and what's happening in my life. No, Jesus did not defend his position even in why he didn't reach out to them. Jesus moved out of compassion because of their pain. And I want to say to you this morning, I believe Christ wants to bring healing in your heart by you moving out of compassion, be moved by the heart of God for people around you so that you can receive your healing. Jesus loves you just as you are. Um, no mistakes are too big and there's no reputation that is um, more than Jesus can handle. He loves you compassionately in such a way that he's reaching out into your life now and he wants to say to you, my son, my daughter, journey with me. Because I love you. I've got plans for you. I've got purposes for your life. And, and thirdly then, his agenda rules our circumstances. John 11 verse, 30, uh, verse 3 to 6 then. So the sister sent to him saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. Um, but when Jesus heard it, he said, the illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God. So that the Son of God may be glorified through it. 
Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister Lazarus, um, her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. You know what? I thought, Jesus, you could have gone immediately. And yet I can tell you, within the purposes of God, it was ordained that Jesus knew that the most compassionate moment, the moment where he would reach most and God be glorified the best, would be to be in the perfect timing of God. And so you don't always understand what's happening in your life. You don't understand why God is not answering you. You're not understanding why God is not coming through for you in certain circumstances. And the answer does not lie in the end result, in God giving you mighty revelations and you are able to share that with the world and, um, and, and, and in God giving you breakthrough after breakthrough. God wants to reach into your life and say to you, my time with you is more important than the end result that you want to reach to. And so we still want to use God as the slot machine that every time we ask something, we must either get that thing or God must speak to us. He must give us an answer. But I've experienced that it's in those moments that God is actually the most quiet um, in our lives. The fact that he wants to surround us with knowing him, with experiencing him, trusting him that he will be able to perform the greatest miracle in our lives, that he will be able to do the greatest things that we've ever known because we've surrendered to his will. Um, John chapter 10 verse 17 says, For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me. But I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down. And I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my father. You know what? Jesus at this time was going through a lot of difficulty. And people were trying to stone him. They were trying to um, accuse him and build a case uh, against him. He was afraid or he was not afraid, but his disciples were certainly afraid to go into Judea, into Jerusalem um, because of the threats against his life. And yet Jesus says, nobody can take away from me the calling and purpose that God has for my life. Some of us are so intimidated by our circumstances at this moment and even what people are saying about us and the boss at work that is threatening to um, to take away our job and you know, the bank manager that's um, on our case to say that you're going to have a legal action against you. Uh, you are sitting in a corner at this moment, wondering even over your health and how that's going to play out and the fears about COVID-19 and how it's going to uh, maybe affect your life. And I can tell you, unless you get to the point where you can feel and experience the compassion of the Father within your life to such an extent that you know that it's only His will that counts and nothing else, you will always be the puppet, <laughs> always be the person being controlled by your circumstances and people around you. But it's that moment when you reach deep and you experience that only God can determine your destiny. Only God can 
can um, reach into your life and do whatever please um, him. That is the moment when you find peace and people realize that they cannot control you. Your circumstances cannot overpower you and fear cannot rule your life. John chapter 8 verse 20 says, These words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, but no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. And I was reminded about the fact that Jesus, a few times in John, it says that his hour did not come yet. Um, the time of his uh, persecution or, or, or um, affliction did not come yet. And I realized that nothing could happen until the father decided, okay, I'm satisfied that Jesus has done what I've sent him to do. Nothing can happen in your life if the father is not satisfied with what is busy happening and what he has established that it's coming to fulfillment. There's no fear that can, can overpower you. And so for us, we're sometimes even afraid to share the gospel with people. We're so afraid of the persecution that we're going to experience or even the um, being outcast in the communities that we are in, being seen and frowned upon. Um, and yet, it's only the will of the Father that can uh, bring our lives to fruition. Um, it's only when we surrender to Him that, uh, that we can experience the fullness of His plan in action in our lives. And so we've seen a picture this week of uh, just a lifesaver in the intercession. And um, the lifesaver can only save the person that's busy drowning if that person surrenders, gives up, allows the lifesaver to actually um, uh, um, reach out and, um, and take control over circumstances. And I want to say to you, unless you get to a point of recognizing that it's only God that can do it through you and that the story that God is busy creating within you is to the glorification and purposes of God, you will not be able to come to peace. You know, we must be vigilant at this time. We must be ready because I believe the harvest is coming. It's ready, it's ripe. And Christ is reaching to us at this moment and he's saying, I want to fellowship with you. I want to journey with you. I want to impact your life in such a way that it will become a story for others to surrender to. A story that can touch other people's lives, but don't keep silent. Um, you know, I, I many times hear people saying, you know, I'm too afraid to get onto the camera and just, um, you know, share my testimony. You know, I've been scared uh, ever since the first time that I've um, shared the gospel, you know, preaching, I've been so scary um, uh, about, you know, what I'm going to preach, how I'm going to preach it, until I get to a point where God says to me again, listen, you are just a vessel. You know, I can use anyone else, but because you're available and ready and obedient, I can use you. Just be a vessel. Just do whatever you can uh, because your effort will be enough at this moment. I will amplify whatever is happening in your life. So stop telling yourself that you are not ready. Stop telling yourself that um, 
that you still need time and, and you are still being preparing yourself to, uh, to, to share the gospel with people around you and to tell the story of Christ and what he's doing in your life. Start share, to share it because it's going to change people's life. God has set people up around you to hear your story. God has set your circumstances up so that it can touch people's lives around you. I was blessed this week when I received a, a message from Britta, one of um, you know, our dear friends um, in, 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 yeah, in London. Um, and she just told about an experience that she had with God. And, and I was just, again, so encouraged by what God wants to do in and through our lives. Let me just quickly read you what she has sent me. She said, um, I will speak, uh, this is what God has said to her, I will speak to you in your dreams and you will have these amazing encounters with me, but you must know that every day I'm sending you onto a brutal and bloody battlefield. You are battling principalities and powers of the devil every day and you have been so down and out because you have been going into battle without your armor on. You're a soldier with nothing on. My child, I can not put the armor on for you. You are a soldier. You are no longer a baby or an infant in my household. You are a warrior in my kingdom and you are only failing because you are not dressed for the occasion. Get those PJs off. Throw them off uh, the minute you wake up. Come to me, to the weapons and armor room straight away every morning. I'm waiting for you there, but you have to come to me. I will not force this on you. I will not do it for you. You must come to me so I can help you put on my whole armor, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of preparation of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is my word. You need my armor, my child. Otherwise, you are an open, naked target for the enemy to have a field day with. And he relishes that. He just laughs when you appear on the battlefield dressed in nothing. Don't give yourself into his hands. Come to me. Let me clothe you in the solid, impenetrable armor that I have custom made for you. Seek my face. Come to the armory and be ready for the battle each day. If you do it this way, you will see great miracles. You will make great exploits for me, your king. And I will fight with you all around you all day long. And when we return from the battlefield at the end of the day, tired but filled with unrivaled joy about the victories of the day, there will be a feast waiting for you to strengthen your weary bones. And you will be washed and refreshed and sleep in peace. And I will speak to you in your dreams again, preparing you for tomorrow, giving you strategy and prophecy so that you may be on the offense against the enemy and not only on the defense. You will take ground. You will not just cower in some corner of the battlefield, hoping to make it through another day, rough day. You will take ground from the enemy. Just remember to turn up at the armory in the morning. I'm waiting there for you. Yeah, this is beautiful. Um, I'm so excited about what this represents, not just in Britta's life, but in our lives.
the fact that he wants to journey with us. Uh, he wants to reach others through us. There's a, there's a brutal battle over the souls and, and the darkness that the enemy wants to pull over people's lives. And yet he's given us the opportunity to spread the light and to uh, reach others in their lives. This morning, I want to trust that Christ is going to reach within your heart and, um, and bring you to a place where you will experience his awesome presence, a place where you can actually bow down and recognize his journey with you. Recognize the plans and purposes that he has for your life. But recognize that he's in such a fellowship with you that that story will become the story of many others around you to follow. May we see the harvest fields as ready, as ripe. Not because of, you know, the amazing tools that we are using to go onto the streets and reach people and, and tell them about Jesus but because of everyday life even that just explodes around us because of the stories that we are going to tell. Um, don't keep it for yourself. Allow the, uh, the blessing that God has bestowed upon you become the story for others. Thank you so much. If you need any ministry in this area, if you maybe this morning feel that you are inadequate, that you need to, um, to just hear somebody praying with you over your life. And I want to encourage you to just after the, the service this morning, uh, either chat with us or, um, or try to log into the, um, the Zoom account that we've created for you so that we can uh, dedicate a facilitator to you that can pray over your circumstances. I trust that God is going to do something special in your life and he's going to uh, renew your experience of surrender while the lifeguard reach out to you and, um, and become the greatest uh, plan and purpose for your life. Amen. Let me pray. Father, I pray. And I uh, experienced this morning, there's somebody sitting on the other side of, Father God, this um, message, listening to it this morning. And Father, you have a moment secured with them. You want to reach deep into their hearts and give them the assurance that you have a journey with them. And Father, this morning, as you are reaching out into their hearts, I pray, Father God, that their lives will never be the same. I want to say to you, God loves you. He's giving you the assurance that your life matters to him, that he's compassionately moved by your circumstances. And Christ, I pray this morning, that um, there will be a tangible presence um, in people's lives as they listen to this message and that they will, will be willing to surrender in such a place, Father God, 
um, to never stop sharing again of your goodness and your mercy over their lives. In Jesus' name, amen.